0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this week's edition of Baby Bowl 2020. I'm Wes Easley, your host uh, at Loafing It on Twitter. You can also follow the show Fantasy Impact Today on the Fantasy Impact Today network handle on Twitter. I don't know if I said that right or not, but it's at Fi Today with a little underscore. Where and and here on Baby Bowl 2020, what we do is we look back at the NFL week week four and give some Baby Bowl strategies and look ahead uh, to week number five. And joining me every week. Is Rob Norton the creator of the Baby Bowl? How are you doing tonight, Rob? I'm doing good, Wes. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing delightful. I sound peppy, don't I sound peppy tonight? Yeah, definitely, so def- definitely. I don't know why I sound so peppy. To be honest, I'm excited though. I think it's because <laughs> of the guests that we have on tonight, and I, I also have another reason. I have a I have a guilty pleasure coming up. But you can find Rob at Norton 723 Did I do it right? Yep, nailed it. All right. I'm doing good. I'm two for two. I did it right last week, too. I may quit asking you if I do it right. Yeah. You'll just have to tell yeah. me if I do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
1: wrong. like a plan.
0: Yeah. You know who you br- I know who you brought with me this week. And it's been a long time since I was able to talk to him. We, we, we talked a couple of times, I guess, in the preseason, what I call preseason, before the NFL season kicked off. And we talked a couple of times there doing some different things together. But you not only brought with you the weekly winner, But this is also the person who is sitting on top of the standings of the Baby Bowl after four weeks. It is Jacob Dunn. You can find him on Twitter at Ain't done Yet. And Dunn is spelled D-U-N-N-E. Jacob, my man, how are you tonight? Oh my goodness, Wes. I'm doing great. And I really appreciate that
2: fire intro. I mean, that means a ton to me and I... I've been wanting to get back on your podcast. Just life is crazy right now, as far, you know, as all of you know. But you know, it's it's a true blessing to be on this podcast with you and with Rob.
0: Well, it's our pleasure to have you. And it, I mean, it has been a while. I looked and when I got you on Skype here and all that, two months, two months since the oh, last man. time we talked. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. And I know life is busy right? for everybody this time of year around COVID and everything. Yeah. But, uh, Rob, I have seen some guys go into a heaters before you know where they get on a hot streak hmm Jacob is just absolutely on fire right now
1: fire. yeah he he def- he definitely is okay. I mean I think it was what was it last week you uh, you had the uh, top rankings on fantasy pros was it
2: yeah yeah actually it was super cool I got uh, I was the I was a number one ranked fantasy expert um, in the accuracy competition and it's just extremely cool because I got a, I got a DM from Jason Moore, who was a part of the fantasy footballer team, you know, and he said, congrats. And, you know, I got a bunch of follows. And so I'm just extremely blessed and it's just a super cool feeling.
0: Now, is that a contest that you're in? Is that like uh, a lot of different people or are you like uh, actually on the fantasy pros, uh, making some of these rankings? So it's actually both. So, um,
2: fantasy pros, You know, I applied to be a part of their rankings system. And then once you're there, you have to apply to be a part of the accuracy competition. So there's probably over like a thousand experts, but there's only like 200 experts that get to be in this competition.
0: Okay, I got you. Yeah, you and Chris, Rob, and I, the three of us have found each other on Twitter quite often in the same little areas. It's been a blast getting to know both of you guys and both of you do a super bang-up job. And, Rob, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know when Jacob came on my podcast a couple of months ago, I I, I sat him on my fantasy football knees. Okay, and I, I said, Jacob, this is how you project winners. Okay, this, yeah. this is... This is, this is how you do it. This is how you come up with all the accumulations. This is how you look into the future. And so I just kind of, I taught him a thing or two. So I would like to think that I have given Jake a little bit of opportunity to be successful in this fantasy football community. Wes, I, I owe it all to you. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's, you. that's the secret, huh? That's the secret. <laughs> So you <laughs> I can look for that. a lot of success coming up, Rob, after this is all said and done. So yeah. <laughs> no, no, Jake, I, I applaud you. Great job. You did a, a fantastic job on the podcast a couple of months ago whenever you were on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And I have I saw that success coming a mile away. And it's been my honor to be able to work with you on several different projects. So Man, that means a ton, Wes. Thank you. No, it's my pleasure. Now, Rob, uh, Jake finished first, right? And you were down there, I don't know, you were pretty low. Compared to uh, some some of us, right this week. I mean, you were ranked what? Finished fourth this week or fifth?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it was.
0: I'm way I'm way down there at fourth, looking up okay. at you two. <laughs> oh, oh, you two, you said you two. So wh- where did I end up finishing this week, Rob? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had to wear it, right? I had a 44. I had to wear it. I had to Oof. own it on my on this podcast. <laughs> but but where did I finish this week?
1: You took home second. Hey,
0: And and you know, I mean, really, honestly, I'm a very nice guy. Both of you would say I'm a pretty nice guy. For I let sure. Jacob finish first. I I, I mean, I knew I Aww. wanted to have him back on the podcast. What what are we going to do if I finish first, Rob? I mean, we can't sit there and talk about me all the entire time, can we? <laughs> <laughs> right, gentlemen. Wes, I appreciate that. <laughs> How did you uh, come up with your lineup this week, Jake? What what who who all did you have in there?
2: Man, so I actually so at quarterback I had Deshaun Watson, who I thought would have a much bigger game, but he had a decent game. Um, and then I had Clyde Edwards Elair, but the three players that I I was I was super confident in went off, and I was confident that Joe Mixon would have just a breakout game. I didn't see the four touchdowns coming, but right. uh, you know I definitely saw that. You know, he was in a smash spot against the Jaguars. He had been pent up all season, had done nothing before that. So this was the time to start him if I was going to, you know, with this system that Rob has. Um, And then, you know, I was never going to start Odell Beckham Jr., but I figured in this matchup versus the Dallas Cowboys, I saw this being just a shootout. And so I started Beckham and... Amari Cooper as well and they both did fantastic for me so I mean that worked out that you know like the Browns Cowboys game was just an extremely high scoring game and then to round it out I had Adam Thielen and Travis Kelsey who all did good in their own right so I got pretty lucky with that Odell Beckham Jr. I think that really put me over the top on you (laughs) Wes but uh I appreciate you letting me have this win. I was just kidding. I got lucky,
0: man. I got, I got, I got a lot of good luck this week. Just like I had a lot of bad luck, probably the couple of weeks ago. Whenever I got a big old forty-four, Rob, I I count on you to tell me who I have because I don't know what I have. The past is for losers and cowards. I'm always looking ahead. Plus, my memory doesn't allow me to look in the past very long. (laughs) Yeah, you,
1: you and I, Wes, we actually had like pretty. We had um, let's see, a few overlaps, really. we both had Devontae Parker. Both had Dalton Schultz. Nice. We both had Mike Davis. Um, we both had... We both did have O.L. Beckham. Nice. Um, and then, Wes, you you took Baker Mayfield as quarterback, um, which, honestly, that could have been... That, that could have been a bigger game. Obviously, Jarvis stole the one, and, uh, right. and then plus Odell ran the one, so that's, that's some yardage and touchdowns missed out, but... Um, then you also played Jarek McKinnon, which was a nice, a very nice play. And Will Fuller, another nice play.
0: Yeah, nice. you got to stick Will Fuller in a lineup while he's healthy because you never know when he's going to be in there again. And mm-hmm. and you and I, Rob, we've talked about how we've changed our, at least I have talked about how I've changed my strategy. I think you knew a little bit more going into this year. Uh, what about you, Jacob? You are sitting on top of the leaderboard. Mm-hmm. How? What, what is your? What has been your strategy all year long? So, at first, when this first started, I was, you know,
2: I was like, oh, this is awesome. I get to pick, like, the best players. But then I was like, okay, I need to be strategic. I need to possibly save some of my stars for later. Well, in week one, I mean, I think I was, like, in the middle of the road, and I'm just like, what am I doing? I just need to play, like, the best possible matchups, no matter who it is, because all of the studs aren't guaranteed to last the next week. Like mm-hmm. um, I remember in the group thread that we're in, Robin West's, uh, the baby bowl group thread, there was a gentleman, I forgot his name, but he said something, something that just resonated with me. He said something like, Oh, I should have played, you know, like Christian in, or like, you know, like CMC, or I should have played Barkley in week one. You know, I should play my studs now because anything can happen. Those guys can get hurt, so there's no reason to really save them. Now, for me, a lot of studs may be off the board, but I mean, I'm sitting pretty up top, and now I get to play the matchups, which excites me even more. Like, I'm excited for this challenge to to just pick and choose the awesome matchups, and to play like a Mike Davis who might only have one or two weeks more of value, but he's getting CMC's workload. So it's like, you know, someone in week 10 could have insane value that we have never heard of or is like the backup running back. So, you know, I just say you have to play your studs now with the great
0: matchups now before it's too late. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's what we hear almost every week from people now, Rob, who end up joining us.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like you said, Wes, that was kind of my, and as I mentioned last week, that was kind of my, my strategy going in. Um, now I do like to like, like, it's kind of like how Jacob's been talking about, like, you do like to pick and choose a little bit. Um, you know, like for me, for example, um, you know, I generally want to play, um, the stud running backs, like as much as I can, because obviously we've seen a bunch of them go down already. Mm -hmm. So I want to use them especially if they have good matchups. But, um, for example, like I, I used Mike Davis this week and I'm sure Wes, you probably did for the same reason, but it's like, it was a, it was looked like it could be a, you know, a fast paced game. It was, uh, he was getting like Jacob mentioned, he was getting McCaffrey's workload and we mm-hmm. don't know how much longer he's going to get that workload. Um, so that's a guy I was like, I got to use him soon right. before mm-hmm. he gives me right. no value. And right. so, that's that's kind of where, where I've been. I've basically been, you know, because like, like with all the running backs going down, that's going to open up more plays. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: you definitely, my thought going into it has always been try to play the best plays, the best matchups early, because as it goes on, you're going to find more uh, fantasy relevant players as it goes on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's what it kind of seems like we're doing. And it doesn't even matter if the one player goes down, it may be the supporting cast around them. For example, Matt Ryan, if you played the ba- played him in the baby bowl this weekend, he would have made you cry. Uh, you know, he, he would have just been oh, making you cry like a little baby, uh, b- because basically his, all of his weapons did not produce what, what Calvin Ridley had zero receptions.
2: Oh, uh, right, yeah, which is crazy because he's still like the number three wide
0: receiver in PPR leagues, but he had zero catches last night. Yeah, and then Julio was out of the. I think after the first quarter, basically, or after three catches, he was gone. After that, so really, he had nobody to throw to. He he's lost all his weapons right now, and I don't know if something was bothering Calvin Ridley. I I I don't understand what happened there last night, but he definitely Matt Ryan was definitely making you cry like a little baby. Mm. Uh, Some of those running backs that might have made fantasy owners cry last week, especially if they were in the baby bowl. Daryl Henderson Jr. Yeah, if you thought about starting him, it looks like that backfield uh, for Los Angeles has, has gotten a little murky again, doesn't it, Rob?
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's funny you mentioned him. Um, I was kind of on him earlier in the week, but the more I, the more I dug around with it, especially like, you know, as the week out goes on, I kind of dig more into it, especially playing a lot of DraftKings, DFS stuff. Um, it's kind of a shout out to, to like Derek Cardy and Davis Maddock. They, like, they put out some good stuff talking about, how how he really wasn't going to be a good play and he wasn't in a good spot because if you looked at his snap count it wasn't it wasn't as high as you would have thought with the, for the production he he uh he produced so it was kind of a kind of a trap play where you know it was a guy that's produced the past two weeks he's got a great pff grade he looks really good he's in a great spot a ton of people are going to play him but it's kind of a sneaky trap because he really really didn't wasn't getting a ton of pass volume and he wasn't uh, getting as much snap count as people would think. So yeah, mm-hmm. he was definitely a one that I, I, I haven't looked through all the people's rosters, but I'm, I'm guessing he was played by a lot of people. And like you said, he definitely made everyone cry who played him.
0: Yeah. And, and Jacob, it seems like uh, Josh Jacobs has really cooled off as the season's gone on. He started out with a big bang. Of course it was against Carolina, I believe. And he's mm-hmm. just kind of fallen off the radar a little bit. Yeah. 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 It's super weird because Josh Jacobs is another running back other
2: than Joe Mixon that like, I was like, this guy is a guaranteed top 10 running back with all the work he's facing. And like you said, I'm an incredible week one and it's kind of, and it's kind of like tapered off, you know, like 12 points, seven points, eight points for half PPR. So yeah, I mean, I think he is a definite by low candidate, but he has a lot of tough matchups ahead of him i mean like he still has to face the chiefs and then the buccaneers the browns the chargers and the broncos um you know those are all pretty underrated against the rush you know like all those teams are great against the rush so um (laughs) it's hard to say whether he's a buy low or a sell high based off of you know his like first week and his usage um I'd still look to buy because I love. I am a sucker. I am a sucker for running backs who get touches, who are guaranteed touches.
0: Um, yeah, but and he, yeah, he's going to be I mean, one of those. He's looking at
2: a tough schedule. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's speak about another running back that made everybody cry because he was supposed to have a fantastic week last week. And I'm going to challenge you both with this next question of what to do. And, and I'll ask you both just to make it quick uh, as far as your answers go, because we're going to run out of time here tonight. It feels like we've got a lot of things to talk about. Mm. But Kenya uh, Drake, uh, so you both want to cry right now because I say the words, Kenya Drake. And he was going against Carolina, last week, and everybody was like, okay, if Kenyon Drake's ever going to have a week, it's going to be this week. We're ready right. for the, breakouts, the breakout game. It didn't happen, guys. Th- f- like three and a half points or something like that. I don't know what it was exactly on Baby Bowl, but that's what it was in our Yahoo, my Yahoo League that I'm in. Three and a half points for Kenyon Drake. If you drafted Kenyon Drake late first round, early second round, somewhere in that neighborhood is where I think he was going <sighs> in most draft rooms. What do you do now? You can't, you can't trade him in your league because you're not going to get anything for him plus the minute you trade him one of your one of your draft mates or one of your teammate uh one of your people in your league he's going to go off for them and then you're just going to be really mad isn't it better <laughs> just to drop him at this point and just say here you guys deal with this problem oof i
2: don't think you can necessarily drop drake because that you know like i said earlier the guaranteed touches is a gold mine uh but he hasn't been producing and his running and and his backup running back, Chase Edmonds, has been producing in limited touches. And I actually see it going more towards a split split back or or like a split roll between the two. So I honestly, I wouldn't, I would still start him this week against the New York Jets, who are allowing the seventh most points to running backs. I would still start him. Uh, and if he just doesn't get it right this week, I mean, I don't blame you, Wes, if you do
0: drop him. Okay, I got one drop vote. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> are you going to talk me off the ledge?
1: Yeah, so yeah, man. Drake has been a, a disappointing one for me. I was pretty high on him preseason. Um, the biggest, the biggest thing that I see with him is, and the most frustrating thing has been how low his usage in the past game has been, which I did not expect, considering he's always been good in the past game, and he uh, even last year he was he was pretty solid even when he came over. I knew it was a little bit of a worry because anytime you have a running quarterback, it kind of is a worry for, for uh, dump down, dump uh, check downs and dump offs. And so I, I kind of just overlooked that a little bit because of the sample size last year and how well he did. So man, it's, it's, it's frustrating because like Jacob said, he's Edmonds is playing well and limited touches and Edmonds is getting more of the pass usage and, I think Drake has become more of a guy that is kind of like your Josh Jacobs um, and like your Nick Chubb before Chubb went down, where um, they both, all those guys, and and Mixon even too, all those guys are, they can be effective in the pass game, but it seems like their offense and their coaches are using them more as game script dependent type guys where they need a positive game script, a game where they're ahead and they're going to get more usage. So like Jacob said too, with the, with the Jets game this week, they probably, I haven't looked at the line yet, but I'm assuming they're probably pretty, pretty favored. And like this sets up as a game where even though the Jets have been kind of sneaky good against the run the past couple of years, um, they're, they're a team that's probably going to get down and, Drake could end up getting getting good workload. And and like Jacob said, too, with the workload, like you don't want to <laughs> give up on on guys with a workload like that.
0: No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I'm not believing any of that, uh, Rob. I know you, you guys talked him up. You're trying. I already have the Alabama bias in me, but I am not trust. He is on my bench at the very best, at the very best. Uh, okay, so I'm going to read off some names here. These are all wide receivers that, uh, once again, in my Yahoo fantasy league, all finished with under eight points. Okay, under eight points. Are you ready for these wide receivers right here? Are you ready? ready? Michael Gallup, 390. Okay, mm. uh, that that that's one of them. T. Y. Hilton, he's another one. Tyler Lockett is another one. Uh, Julian Edelman was another one. He used to have a safe floor. Julio Jones was one. Uh, also, let me just say this name right here, which is a very surprising name to me that showed up on the list. Robert Woods was one guy. DJ Moore, we're still waiting for him to come around this season. And uh, Hopkins. Hopkins was on that mm. list as well. All those receivers made fantasy owners cry like little babies this week. Mm. I- Guys, what's the deal with wide receivers? Do you have to play them strictly against their cornerback matchup? Because a lot of those matchups that I talked about sounded pretty juicy from the outside. Whenever, Jacob, whenever you are judging how good a wide receiver is going to do, is it strictly based upon their cornerback matchup and who they're facing off against on the other side of the ball? Or is it an overall team concept that the defense maybe just be weak against wide receivers? Yeah,
2: that's where I go. I I always see where does the defense rank, you know, how many points are they giving up to the wide receiver on a weekly basis? You know, that's the first thing I do as far as when I rank. Um, you know, I just, I take account the defense, like who they're facing as a unit. Um, because if you think about like, so let's just say, like, the Broncos are facing the Patriots. So it's like, oh, Jerry Judy's facing Stefan, Stefan Gilmore. You know, like, that's the assumption. Well, he won't be on him all night. So I don't take the cornerback into play, but I do take the defense as a unit into play. And it seemed like, you know, you said that Tyler Lockett was held under, what, like 10 points, which is extremely surprising. Uh, but Metcalf, his teammate, he went off himself with about 15 to 16 points so you know I think that Metcalf and Lockett are going to take turns on who's going to have a big week whereas DJ Moore it's like man I just read a stat where he's only had six targets in the red zone in in his whole career in like 30 something games I mean that's scary so so some of these wide outs you can be a little bit scared of but some it does depend on the defensive units matchup.
0: Okay. All right. So I will look at the defensive as a as a whole then. Rob, I'm gonna throw it over to you for tight ends because there were some that made us cry, but I don't I don't know if Zach Ertz makes us cry anymore. We kinda of come to expect that out of Zach Ertz this season a little bit, if you ask me. I know Noah Fant going down early made a lot of people cry. Evan Ingram still hasn't caught fire. But let's transition over to people that we think are going to end up doing well this week, and let's start over on those tight ends because we, I personally didn't expect George Kittle to go off like he did coming back uh, after all that little time off. We, yeah, I just I just didn't expect him to have uh, 37 fantasy or 34 fantasy points like he did. And then, of course, there was that guy, that guy named Tanyan. Okay, (laughs) that came out of the blue last night. And what do you have, like three touchdowns, I think, something like that? And just just did a fantastic job. I see a lot of people chasing points just because they did well last week does not mean they're going to do well this week. Am I right on that, Rob? Yeah, that's that's it's
1: funny you mentioned that because that's honestly a very common mistake just in fantasy football in general, not only the baby bowl, but just in your, in your regular leagues and especially draft Kings and things like that. You see people chasing points all the time. They, there's a lot of recency bias um, that, mm. you know, really messes with people. Um, so, I mean, sometimes it is a little bit of a sign of things to come, but it's, it's more of like, like with Tanya. for example, if, if Adams comes back this week, you know, if, if more people are going to see how big Tanyan went, they might they might they might brush as- aside a little bit that Adams is back and and say, oh, well, you know, he he can still get a good amount of targets and this and this and this. But, you know, um, that's the kind of thing where, like you said, people people chase points a lot and it's it's definitely a common mistake.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, they really have to size that up week by week, and not just think that. Well, he went off last week. There's a lot of different factors in there. So many great articles that you can find out there on uh, Twitter or just you know as you on Google as well. Make sure you're following these two guys who I'm talking to with tonight. Of course, we have uh, Rob Rob Norton uh, is with me tonight here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network on the Baby Bowl 2020 edition of, and you can find him on Twitter at Norton0723. And don't forget to follow Jacob Dunn, our guest, who is the leader of the Baby Bowl uh, leaderboards, I guess, and and also the winner last week, who I let win last week. Let me correct that. Let me correct (laughs) what I said. But uh, Dunn is spelled D-U-N-N-E, and you can find him on Twitter at Ain't Done Yet. And I appreciate the ain't, okay? (laughs) Jacob, I appreciate that, because down here in Alabama, we say ain't quite often, all right? That's just, that's, yeah, that's that's a much better word than some other words that we say. Uh, Check so the dictionary, let's, man. It's a word now. <laughs> what was the old thing? Ain't ain't a word, and I ain't gonna use it. Isn't that what I? That's I how. I said that's that how,
2: that's how. That's how it used to go. But I think people just kept saying it, so Webster's like, okay, I'll finally make it a word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Touche! I got you. That's <laughs> last laugh. Let's right. look ahead, and and a lot of this has to do the baby bowl. A lot of times, I've I've started looking at it more like DFS, right? Because I want to look at those matchups. I want to see the pe- players that I think are going to do well. And actually, it seems to pay off a little bit better. Now, I, granted, I may score 20 next week just because that's how, that's how I go. But uh, <laughs> when we talk about quarterbacks, Jacob, who are we looking at this week that has really good matchups that we may want to key in on? I know I've got some point totals here when I was looking at the games earlier. And some of those point totals don't seem as high as in mm-hmm. weeks past. Uh, I, I think that we have the Las Vegas-Kansas City game being a high point total. Every game that Kansas City's in is mm-hmm. a high point total. That one's like 56 or something like that, but there's just not a whole lot of high ones like I've seen in weeks past. Uh, maybe that Minnesota-Seattle one is another one at 57 and a half. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, If you haven't used Russell Wilson yet, he would be my number one this week. Since he's going home, he's facing a Vikings defense that's giving up a ton of yards. Um, So he would be my number one play, and I would actually stack him with DK Metcalf. So um, I think those are just smash plays this week. Um, Of course, there's a Patrick Mahomes. He's facing the Raiders. There's Lamar Jackson, who he should do well. But since he's facing the Bengals, I don't see him having a huge day. But I could be wrong. I mean, he could rush for like 200 yards and just completely, just completely make me eat crow. But Dak Prescott has an incredible matchup against the Giants. Uh, but who I'm looking to start this week that I haven't started yet is Josh Allen. I think you know his floor is incredible, and he's facing a Tennessee Titans team. I think he's a top five quarterback play this week, and I I trust his throwing accuracy, which is something that I thought I'd never say, but Man, he must have worked on his accuracy all off season because he looks mm. good. Like he is right behind Russell for the MVP. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking, I I'm looking to Josh Allen. If you haven't used Russell Wilson,
0: Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or Dak Prescott. Okay, that, that's good advice. Uh, Josh Allen could make you a proud papa this week in the that's Baby right. Bowl. What <laughs> about you, Rob? Uh, who are you looking at at a a quarterback? Do you agree with Jacob's sentiments?
1: Yeah, definitely agree with with everything he said there. Um, it's it's funny because it's gonna get it's gonna start getting tougher and tougher as the weeks go on because mm-hmm. you know as you keep using them, you know you're you're not you're gonna your options are gonna become more and more limited. So you know I've already used Russ, I've already used Lamar. I ha- I am looking at Dak, looking at Pat Mahomes, looking at Allen. If if I do go down a bit, if I do go go kind of down the list a little bit one guy that kind of is uh intriguing is daniel jones now oh. it's 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 tough with him because i was pretty high on him preseason. I, I wrote about him and about how you know i i really loved his upside and especially in one qb leagues um you know he was he was a guy that he's so boomer bust that if you were in a, in a and he if he busts it's the replacement level's fine. levels on the wire generally. So mm-hmm. I don't mind shots on him. However, I also warned about the beginning of the year schedule. He was, he's been having a, you know, a rough s- schedule to start the year. Now this is when it really starts to open up a matchup against Dallas where Dallas we've seen, I mean, they just Awful. Get points put up on them. And part of that is because Dallas is running at, the fastest situation neutral pace in the league and it's not even close so they're running so many plays that they're pushing tempo and it's just creating just fantasy goodness for both sides so he's a guy that i'm kind of looking to although he had even even despite the bad matchups he's looked worse than i expected um so he really on top of the bad matchups, he's not been playing well, so I don't know if I can trust him. But you know, this is a matchup where I'd want to go to him because it does—it is a game where I expect it to be fast-paced. It is a game where I expect them to be trailing points and chasing points, and it is against one of the worst defenses in the league.
0: Hmm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not doing that. I've I've wore forty points <laughs> week okay I've, I'm wearing that on my chest I got that badge on my little baby bowl vest that you gave me at the beginning of the year I got my 44 point vest I yeah. got my last place finished so I am not taking a chance on Daniel Jones but I did see him but I immediately talked myself out of him somebody who I'm not sure if I used yet or not but who might be in a good matchup as well is Gardner Minshew uh, going yep. up against the Houston Texans defense yeah. he's he's one of the, you know, the Texans just aren't what they are and really uh, with a new co- head coach coming in there and everything, I, it just seems like a mess. And uh, Minshew is ready to come back and fire some things up, so we'll see maybe how that matchup goes. All mm-hmm. right, Jake. If I'm thinking about running backs though, in all of this, uh, there's there's a couple of good matchups for running backs again. You know, Todd Gurley is going to Carolina. We talked about that already, where the Carolina defense is just terrible against running backs, but maybe they're improving. You mm-hmm. know, we're in week five now, and it may have took some. Defenses a little bit of time to get warmed up, to learn each other, especially under a new coaching system like Carolina had. Uh, Are we still looking, though, at somebody like Carolina where we can pinpoint Todd Gurley if we haven't used him yet? You know,
2: I, so that is a great question, Wes. I personally don't trust Todd Gurley. I don't trust his health to sustain each game, even though he's proved me wrong week by week. I just, I just don't feel good about it. I feel like I'm going to wait later in the season or something. I got, or uh, on the flip side, it's like well, the more the season goes, the more that girlie's probably going to sit more. So, man, that's a good point. But uh, I mean, one player that I was going to start last week that I couldn't was Derrick Henry, uh, and I am taking a strong look at him this week versus Buffalo. I think this is just going to be a grinded out game, um, you know. And I think that Henry, they're going to rely on Henry all game. I think he's a top top three option this week, top five option this week. I think he's going to have a great game. And, uh, you know, I might, you know, I might, you know, I might think about also uh, Kareem Hunt, who's looking at a lot of workload with Nick Chubb gone. You know, I, I know that he's facing the Colts, but he is at home. And Baker doesn't like to throw a ton, even in that shootout. You know, like you said, Rob, Baker didn't throw a lot, you know, because he was getting, you know, because Jarvis Landry stole a throwing touchdown and then OBJ ran it in. So, you know, I think that Kareem Hunt's going to get a huge workload. I think
0: he is a sneaky play this week. All right. Now, now, Rob, one of the things I had like this epiphany on uh, was that if there is a split backfield, like, you know, an RBBC, I'm going to keep them, I'm going to keep waiting on those guys. I am Mm -hmm. not going to try to pick out Uh, you know, we talked about Cleveland's backfield. I'm not going to try to pick out which one's going to do better than the other one this week, which they both seem to do pretty well in the same backfield, by the way. But I'm just not going to pick it out. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until maybe one of them gets hurt for the baby bowl in order to take advantage of them exclusively getting the carries. I thought I did that with Daryl Henderson last week. It came back to bite me a little bit because (laughs) I didn't see the the shares and the opportunities not coming his way as much as it did in the past. Uh, Who are you looking at at running back this week? Rob. Yeah. Um,
1: I totally agree with that, with that, uh, line of thinking in terms of when you're picking your running back. So, uh, I'm, i there's a few guys I'm looking at. Well, first off, I do want to say to everyone who has not played Mike Davis play Mike Davis this week. Yes, I mean, like if you haven't played him in baby ball, I should I should look down the lineups and see everyone who has not played him play him this week, <laughs> because there's only a maybe a couple more weeks where he's going to get the workload. They're playing against Atlanta in Atlanta in a dome. They could be trailing. And, you know, he gets a ton of targets. He has a massive workload. Just play Mike Davis if you haven't played Mike Davis. Um,
0: and don't, and don't worry about Bonifon. bonifon has been put on the injured reserve. I know he had about like 10 touches maybe last week or something like that. That's not going to happen. It is the Mike Davis show in Carolina. There
1: yeah. you go. For sure. So I've already played him. So otherwise he would be locked into my lineup. He'd probably be the first person I'd put in, but I actually, so some other guys that I love this week, I love Clyde Edwards, E. lair. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders have been just torched on the ground so far. Um, so he's a guy I'm looking to, and he's been getting, um, a really good workload. So both, um, in the past game and on the ground and, um, it, it sets up as a really nice matchup for him. Um, I like Dave or I like, um, Jacob's calls, um, Kareem Hunt should get a pretty good workload. It is a little tougher matchup, but like you said, he, they, uh, he should, he should get a, a good workload with Chubb out, um, hmm. Another, I mean, Zeke's always a, an elite play. Um, so you could always always uh, go to Zeke. David Johnson is kind of a guy that I'm I'm considering. He's been a letdown so far, but this looks like it could be a good spot against the Jags at home. He kind of hmm. checks all the boxes that you'd want. He gets a. He didn't get as great of a workload this past week with with Duke Johnson back. Um, I'm not sure if I'll go to him or not, yeah, especially with like how much turnover there is in Houston right now. So, I'm not sure if I'll go there, but he's a, he's definitely a guy in a, in a decent spot.
0: Yeah, and wide receivers always that to me that position that I'm always thinking about. Right, which one? Which one this week? Which one? I was. I try to sprinkle that in, like my wide receiver one, my wide receiver two, my wide receiver three. Uh, I kind of try to sprinkle that in a little bit because I don't want to go all lower ranked wide receivers in my mind. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to do that one week. So I kind of try to space that out a little bit so that I can always have, you know, the big horse in there and then maybe that littler pony and then that little Shetland pony, uh, put, put them in there. Like, like how I worked the Bronco kind of thing in there uh, for you, Jacob, (laughs) I did that for you. Go Broncos. Um, But, (laughs) but I try to do that a little bit, when I'm looking at wide receivers this week, though, it just, I mean, if you do not start them against the Cowboys, against the Seahawks, you got to start, you got to fire up at least one of those kind of receivers going against them. Don't you, Jacob? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's
2: all about, it's all about the matchup now, because like you said, it's, it's extremely random for the wide receivers this year. So you have to play those matchups. Like, like I said earlier, Metcalf has an incredible matchup against the Vikings. And, you know, Stephon Diggs has a nice matchup against the Titans. You know, I'm thinking about stacking Allen with Diggs this week in the Baby Bowl. Um, I'm just playing around with that idea, but I like that stack.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a good one to me. What about you, Rob? Who are you keying in on? We got some people with some great matchups.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like both of those calls. Um, They're definitely two guys I'm looking at. I'm also looking at Adam Thielen um, going against the Seahawks on the other side of that one. Um, you know, that's, that's a game where, you know, that they're probably going to be trailing and throwing and, you know, the Seahawks secondary has let up a ton of points so far. Um, I like that one. I, and like, like we said, targeting the, the Cowboys. So I've been playing around with the idea of putting either Slayton or Golden Tate in, but also got to be keep an eye out on Golden Tate. (laughs) I don't know if he's going to get handed down a suspension depending on, right that, that that after after that the game fight.
2: Stuff with yeah so
1: um if if he's out though i probably will go slayton mm. um especially with with uh you know shepherd's already out saquon's out if they're down tate they're they're going to be down to just basically slayton and ingram as their main two weapons um so i think those guys could be pretty popular yeah. uh but yeah, I mean, I, I I like I like those those options really. I, that's that's where I'm looking a lot. I also like the um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. If you haven't played either those guys, you know, mm-hmm. as I mentioned that game before at Atlanta in a dome in a what should be you know, a high scoring game. Both both teams are terrible on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's tough picking which one. Cause so far it's looked like Anderson has been the one with the higher target share. He's produced more. Um, but you know, everyone, or at least I know I love DJ Moore before the year. And, um, it just, it, I feel like if I do pick Anderson this week it's going to be DJ Moore and, and vice versa.
0: <laughs> I think that also, and I know we talk about the Buffalo bills being a great team and in years past, they've had a much better secondary. It seems like than they do this year. I like Corey Davis, especially if AJ Brown comes back, Mm-hmm. just because he won't have to take all that responsibility again. People will be keying in on A.J. Brown, which will kind of set Corey Davis free, and I think him and Tannehill had a pretty good relationship going before the COVID hit their team, so I'm looking at a little Corey Davis action this week. I'll probably stay away from the San Francisco 49ers, um, wide receivers. They don't get—they seem to spread that out a lot, and I— I I don't like that, and especially without Garoppolo being back there, and I don't think that he's going to come back this week either. uh, I'm going to stay away from that because they just really use Kittle a lot, and that Mm -hmm. is one guy who I haven't used yet at tight end, but I think he'll be able to feast this week in Miami. That's Mm -hmm. who I'm keying in on tight end, Jacob. Do you agree with me or tell me if I'm wrong? Oh, I absolutely
2: agree with you there. I mean, I'm looking at Kittle, and I'm also looking at Jarek, Uh, Jarek McKinnon as long as Mostert doesn't play I think that he has a great top 12 matchup against the Dolphins at at home and we've seen that that Jeff Wilson the backup running back I mean he got completely phased out of the offense last game so I think this is McKinnon's backfield until Mostert Returns. I think he's a solid play, and then Kittle is just a slam dunk tight end one play this week.
0: He always is, especially if there's not right. a lot of other options, you know, uh, there in that backfield. Indianapolis has got a great tight end matchup again this week as well. Mo alley Cox reminds me of Eric Ebron just catching touchdown passes a couple mm. years ago. Remember when Ebron did that for like 12 touchdowns or something in the in the Indianapolis Colts system? Oh, yeah. But Trey Burton came in and added a little wrinkle there. I think Trey Burton. Kind of shared a lot more time on the field and, and stole some of that action away from Mo Ali Cox. I don't know if he's just going to end up. Mo Ali Cox is just going to end up with all the red zone targets or not, though. I I don't know what to do with those tight ends.
1: Yeah, those it, they are they are tough to to predict because, like you said, Burton came back and Ali Cox. He's been he's been productive, um, but he if you look underneath the hood a little bit, it's, uh, Allie Cox kind of did take, take a step back in terms of routes run and, and, uh, you know, things like that target share and things like that. So I I don't think I could trust either of them this week in, in the baby bowl. Um, you know, it, it, tight end is always tough because there's not, there's never great, a ton of great options. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I'm, I, I am looking at Evan Ingram this week um again it's just targeting that dallas defense and i like i like it even more if golden tate's out and but i still like it regardless um evan ingram's actually seen even though he hasn't produced well he's seen like a good amount of targets on on a weekly basis i mean he's been he's seen seven eight five and ten in terms of targets and and uh especially when there's not a great a ton of great options i mean Following following targets is kind of what I try to do. Mm.
0: You know what, too? That is a revenge game for their offensive coordinator, is it not? That, that's true. Uh, that's a big revenge game, so they'll be trying to sneak something. I just don't know if I don't, I don't know that New York can score a point. I, I just don't. I, look, <laughs> quit trying to talk me into the Giants, man. The Giants. <laughs> and, and I don't care if Golden Tate is gone. That's that's a that's a bronze. That's bronze right there. It's not even gold. Uh, somebody else, I think Jonu Smith could have a big rebound week uh, against mm-hmm. Buffalo, like you said. Ian Thomas saw some snaps or saw some red zone work. He caught a touchdown last week and had five targets last week. I'm looking at him too against Atlanta. It really looks to me like Atlanta's ready to roll over on their coach right now. I don't, I don't think they got much more fight left in them, Jacob. Uh, I don't think so
2: either. Yeah, that Falcons defense is atrocious. I think they're dead last in every single category. So, I love all this Panthers talk because I think you guys are just convincing me to just play. Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Davis, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, and Ian Thomas. Just play the whole Panthers defense and just see what happens.
0: (laughs) That would make it so simple. That would make it so simple for me. I could be like, oh, I already got that whole team. I'm done with that team. I won't have to remember as much on this. I don't think you did a great job identifying those proud Papa picks and also uh, talking about what happened last week on week four. And Jacob, Rob and I want to extend to you the the, just the most sincere congratulations Mm -hmm. on all the success that you're having this year, not only with fantasy pros, but also in the baby bowl. And you put out a lot of great content. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. Thank you so much, Wes. Uh,
2: you can find me on Twitter at Ain't Done Yet, and done is spelled D-U-N-N-E. And I got to say, I am just honored by all the success that I've had, and I'm extremely humble. I love being in this Baby Bowl League. I love what it stands for. So thank you so much for letting me be in it, Rob.
1: Oh, yeah. Anytime. I'm I'm, you know, happy to have you.
0: Right on. And Rob, you drop a lot of articles there, and, and some pics and everything towards the end of the week. Uh, they can all they can find all that on your Twitter handle as well, right?
1: Yep. Um, I usually put out two weekly articles. They're usually later in the week. But yeah, at at Norton 723 and you know, um, follow me, and uh, you'll you'll find all my content on there. You can go to my uh, my profile page, and my author page is pinned in there.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I don't do any writing, guys, except on bathroom walls, so that's, <laughs> it, it, you can always find me on Twitter. Wes Easily at loafing it. Also, don't forget to follow the show over on Twitter as well. where at FI Today with a little underscore. You can find us there, and that way you can keep up with all the different hosts and everything that they're doing. You can just find all the hosts and follow all of them right there underneath the uh, uh, Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle. want to remind you, make sure you subscribe to the show. Follow the show on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the show over on Anchor FM. If you haven't done so yet, leave some reviews. Slap those stars around for me. But more importantly than all those other actions we ask of you to do, we want to encourage you to find a way to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.